Welcome to the Happy Me, Happy Earth podcast. I'm your host, Eva Peterson, life coach to activists, advocates, and change makers. Each week, I'm here to support you in creating the change that you want to see in the world without sacrificing your health and well being. If you're on a mission to make the world a better place, whether you're just starting to get involved or decades deep, you are welcome here. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the art of feeling uncomfortable. (laughs) I think this is so important. And you might be like, Eva, this is the happy me, happy earth podcast. What are we talking about here? Well, the truth is we are not happy all of the time and that is perfectly natural and normal and okay. So today, I want to talk about the uncomfortable times, the emotions that maybe we label as bad or negative. So when we're feeling sad or lonely or uncomfortable, or we're feeling guilt or shame or anger. Actually, guys, I want to do a whole podcast on that one, a whole podcast on anger. But yeah, these are emotions that oftentimes we try to avoid, and yet they are part of our human experience. So I want to dive into that today. And there is a huge storm outside, or well, I think it's just, I call it a storm. Ireland would probably just call it normal weather, but it is like massive winds. I went on a walk this morning and I was like practically blown over because (laughs) the winds are just like gusting like crazy out here today. So if you hear a little of that background noise, apologies. I closed the windows. I closed the curtains. I put up like pillows and duvets all around to try and like deaden the noise a bit. Um, So hopefully we've got some good auto quality for you because I know it's important. All right. Anyway, so why do I want to talk about feeling uncomfortable? Lately, I've personally had to deal with a lot of uncomfortable emotions. So just in the past, I guess, month, the past few weeks, I've had two loved ones die. Um, One was 96, this amazing, amazing woman. I'm still unclear how we're related, but I'm so happy to be related to her. She's like a, maybe a great aunt or something. Um, Anyway, amazing, amazing woman. And so she passed away, which was, you know, somewhat expected given her age, but also one of my best friends from childhood passed away at 40 years old. And obviously that is has been incredibly painful and um, I've been feeling a lot about that. Also, we had thought that we were going to be moving to Germany last month and that completely fell through. <laughs> oh, an example of how we think we're in control. We think we're, we're on track, we're adults, we're in control of our lives and then something happens that is out of your control that completely upends your life. Also, last week, I got the flu. It totally took me out. I was in bed for a few days, just feeling totally like crap. 
it was like I haven't been sick, let alone that sick in years. And so that really, uh, really set me back a little bit. <laughs> and we all have to deal with these unexpected things, these things that are outside of our control and the feelings that they produce within us that are straight up uncomfortable. You know, also the podcast that I published last week about my anti-racism journey, like that was really uncomfortable too. Sitting in that work, incredibly uncomfortable. Also just Let's be honest, just watching the news, even if like things in your life are going pretty good, just watching the news is uncomfortable. Whew, it's a lot, right? We have to deal with these uncomfortable emotions. And for us as activists, advocates, change makers, right? Those of us who care incredibly deeply for the planet, animals, nature, the humans, we tend to be a bit more aware than the average person of the state of the climate crisis and the state of human rights abuses throughout the world. And so as or in response to that, we feel a lot of uncomfortable emotions, maybe more often than the average bear, right? And sometimes we choose to numb out. I know I have definitely used that coping strategy over the years definitely been there. So we can choose to numb out. And sometimes that is the best choice, right? No, no shame if that's you. Or we can choose to process our emotions because as we'll see in a moment, or as I'll share in a moment, that numbing out can definitely have some negative effects over time. So if we can master the art of feeling bad or feeling uncomfortable, then we can do much more courageous things as activists, as advocates, right? If we can master this, this feeling bad, <laughs> feeling uncomfortable, then the fear of feeling those quote unquote negative feelings, right? The fear of feeling embarrassed or feeling shame won't stop us from taking courageous actions because we can know, we can develop the self-trust and the resilience and know that we can feel these things deeply, we can feel these uncomfortable emotions deeply, and we can come out the other side okay, maybe even stronger, right? So for example, because of the work around emotional intelligence that I've done, I can feel the full weight of my friend no longer existing, and I can come out the other side okay. Whew. And if we don't do this, we don't process our emotions, we tend to burn out, right? <laughs> I've been there many, many times too. We tend to burn out if we're not processing our emotions. What I'm sharing today, this emotional processing, work and the art of feeling uncomfortable will really help you to step out of that burnout cycle. And the truth of the matter is we can't just numb out the bad emotions. When we do that, our whole life gets dull and numb because again, we can't just compartmentalize and just numb out the bad, the good, the pleasure, the excitement, the fun, the passion, also numbs out and things just get really dull. And so as we're 
chatting today, I just want to make a little side note that every time I say bad emotions or negative emotions, please know that I'm like over here using air quotes. <laughs> um, I think uncomfortable emotions are maybe a better descriptor because I don't actually think that those you know, sadness, loneliness, shame, guilt. I don't actually think that those are bad emotions. And I'll explain what I mean a bit more in a moment. But I was remembering as I was preparing to record this episode, I was remembering back to a time in my life when I was so incredibly out of touch with what I was feeling. And I realized that. And so I started asking myself each day, how am I feeling? I would like sit down with a journal. This is kind of like the the beginning of what I would say is like become one of my best self-care practices, uh, journaling. But yeah, I would sit down and I would ask like, how am I feeling? How am I feeling each day? And that was kind of in my, I guess like mid to late 20s when I started doing that and just realized how disconnected I was. And I know I am not alone in this. I've worked with so many clients. I've talked to so many friends about this. A lot of us are very numb in order to just deal with our lives and the stress in our lives and the state of the world. And so for me, I got really good at numbing my emotions as a coping mechanism because in my childhood, my home life was quite turbulent and my little brain couldn't cope with all that was going on. And so I started to suppress my emotions as a way to, again, just like get through daily life. And so that that wasn't bad. Like I was doing the best that I could at the time and it was really necessary for me. So I'm not like mad at little Eva for doing that. <laughs> but now adult Eva has better coping strategies and I can go back and process, and I have like over the last decade, maybe a bit more than that, I have gone back and really processed all that old stuff so that it's not holding me back anymore, right? And that those old um, emotions. So Ayurveda talks about how our emotions become, or our suppressed emotions become like crystallized in our bodily tissues. And so being able to do emotional processing allows us to move those out, those old emotions out. And I'll talk about that a bit more in a minute. But yeah, I also had to really suppress my emotions in order to get through architecture school. Like in order to put myself through literally years of very high stress and very little sleep, I think for, I don't know, like five or six years, I maybe averaged like four hours of sleep a night, which is insane. Um, and then as I entered the workforce, I continued to deny my feelings, deny my body in order to fit into the patriarchal corporate world, right? I tried and succeeded in warping myself into this like corporate cookie cutter mold so that I could be successful. And I know a lot of you can probably relate to what I'm saying especially as women, um, for those of you listening that are women, I felt the need to appear strong, but not intimidating, assertive, but not bossy, and definitely not emotional, definitely not show any weakness, right? Oftentimes I was like, not only a woman, but like the youngest person in like a room full of old 
white men. <laughs> Not that I have anything against old white men. My dad's an old white man. I love old white men. They're great. Some of them aren't. Some of them are. All right. Anyway, I also found myself really suppressing my natural urges and feelings to conform to the fundamental fundamentalist Christian church that I was a part of for a while. So there's all these different systems, right? Parts of our culture that really encourage us to suppress our emotions, suppress our desires, suppress what we really want in order to just get along in normal society, right? And so that's fine, right? Like, like, or hold on, that's not fine. <laughs> Things I gotta change. However, the fact that, you know, our response to these systems and, and, our jobs or our churches or whatever, the fact that we sometimes suppress ourselves and, and warp ourselves in order to um, fit in, like that's just totally understandable. There's no need to like feel bad about yourself for that, right? To feel even worse about yourself or beat yourself up about that. That's not what this is about at all, but we can choose to do different, right? So, or we can choose to handle this differently. So I got so good at suppressing my emotions that, like I said before, when I finally decided to make some major changes in my life, one of the first things that I started doing was journaling. And I would literally write at the top of the page, what am I feeling today? And for a long time, nothing came. Nothing. I felt completely numb. So if that's you right now, that's cool. Like you, it's, that's fine. That's totally understandable. And if you want, you can choose to dive into some of this emotional processing work and make a change and start to really feel. But back at that time, I didn't trust myself to feel those bad emotions, right? I thought maybe if I were to dive into like the extreme loneliness that I felt or to feeling really misunderstood or, you know, all these different things. If I dove into that, it was like, will I ever come back out? I wasn't sure. And just a quick note. So for some of us, diving into these negative emotions in the way that I'm talking about today is not a good thing to do. You know yourself best and you know your mental health best. So if going into these emotions would bring on thoughts of harming yourself or harming someone else, then please reach out to someone that you trust or a therapist and get yourself some help. We all need support from time to time. So I want to zoom out a bit. Again, why are we so out of touch with our emotions? Some of the things that I mentioned before, right, from my own life. But we can zoom out, and my little microcosm is also very much what's going on in the macrocosm of our culture, right? Our culture conditions us to believe from a very young age that expressing our emotions is not acceptable or safe. So instead of being taught how to deal with negative emotions or uncomfortable emotions or any emotion in school, our teachers tell us to sit down, raise our hands, only speak if we're called on, right? And like many of you, I have been raised in a culture that does not value emotions or equip us with any knowledge or any tools to deal with our feelings in a healthy way. And so I truly believe that as a species, 
we have lost our emotional intelligence. And there's also this big wave, right, in like millennials and younger. The self-help movement is so concerned with like raising your vibe, right? Raising your vibe. And so I've had clients come to me and say, literally, like, I want help with raising my vibe so that no bad things ever happen to me. I don't ever have to feel bad again. And there's like this, this like idea out there that if we like raise our vibe, raise our energy, then again, we won't have anything bad ever happen to us. We won't ever feel bad. And there's almost like this shame around having quote unquote negative emotions. And that shame compounds and just makes us feel even worse, right? For me, when I first became a life coach years ago, I thought that I shouldn't feel bad anymore. I should have this perfect life, right? Because I'm a coach. I can coach myself out of those negative emotions. I can shift my mindset. I should always feel good. Um, But no, I do have an awesome life. And sometimes I deal with really tough stuff. Like, crap happens. Situations that make us feel bad have been happening forever and will continue to happen. Also, when I went through my Ayurvedic health coach training, I then felt a lot of shame when I got sick because, you know, I'm a health coach. I should be the picture of health. And if I admitted that I got sick, people wouldn't want to work with me anymore. Again, no, I'm a very healthy person and I get sick from time to time. It happens, right? It happens to all of us. So yeah, so that desire to like raise our vibe or that thought that that's even possible, that we can like raise our vibe so much that nothing bad will even, will ever happen to us. It's so common, right? I feel like so many people are like chasing after that. And it's also completely not realistic. So I think it's just important to note all of this because once we open our eyes to the way that our culture has encouraged us to suppress our emotions and even like the sneaky new ways, right? The the new ways that like the quote unquote self-help industry is teaching us to suppress our emotions, right? Once we've kind of opened our eyes to that and once we see like the negative effects that this is having on us, which I'll dive into a little bit more in just a moment, then it's easier to spot, right? It's easy, it's easier to spot those, um, those ways that our culture is encouraging us to suppress our emotions. And then it's easier once we've spotted it, once we have that awareness to choose differently, to choose to live differently. Something that I want to say that I hope that you'll take away. If you just take away one thing from this podcast, please let it be this. You are not wrong for feeling. Our culture is wrong for telling you that it's not okay to feel. Mm. Please take that. Okay. (laughs) All right. So let's talk through some of the symptoms of suppressed emotions. Because like I mentioned before, sometimes we're so numbed out in certain areas of our life that we don't even realize that we have suppressed emotions. And so sometimes these symptoms can be a nice, um, just little way of our body being like, hey, knock, knock, knock. There's some stuff to deal with here. You know, maybe listen to me, please. So, okay. Some of those symptoms. So scientific studies have really shown this relationship between repressed emotions and health conditions. So some of those health conditions are digestive problems, 
heart disease, lowered immunity, chronic pain, high blood pressure, depression, and low energy. And I know for me, this really shows up as digestive, gosh, I can't say that word today, digestive problems and low energy. Those two really, um, for, for me, kind of point to like, hey, there's there's some emotional processing that needs to go on here. And like I mentioned before, the Ayurvedic perspective, I think, is really cool. Ayurveda is a really holistic health system. And so in Ayurveda, like our emotional processing and our and emotional health is 100% linked to and influencing our mental and physical health, right? So... I wrote down this quote from Dr. Vasant Ladd, and he has um, some textbooks on Ayurveda that I studied during my Ayurvedic training. He says that every sensation, thought, feeling, and emotion must be digested, absorbed, and assimilated in order to yield right understanding, which is intelligence. So in a nutshell, stuck emotions, or suppressed emotions equal incorrect understanding. And I think we just intuitively know this to be true, right? Bottled up feelings can create emotional baggage, which we then carry around with us from, let's say, relationship to relationship or job to job or place to place, right? You know, Eckhart Tolle has that great quote, wherever you go, there you are. <laughs> so we try to like change these external things, right? We switch jobs or we switch relationships or friends or locations or whatnot. And we think that's going to like solve our problems. But no, like we are bringing our past, our emotional baggage to that next place or the next person or the next job. And until we truly deal with that, like with the inner work, we just keep going into the same cycles over and over and over again. And the same things keep happening. The weight of that emotional baggage that we're carrying around makes us feel overwhelmed and hopeless and oftentimes confused because we don't realize what's really going on, right? And so those suppressed emotions cloud our perspective and either you know make us feel numb, right? They take away our passion for life or... And <laughs> sometimes they explode in the most inconvenient moments, causing us to overreact. So if you find yourself like really underreacting to things and you're like, huh, that was odd. Or you find yourself really overreacting to, I don't know, something that your partner says or, or something. And you're like, huh, that reaction just was not really, um, or the size of that reaction was not really um, appropriate you know, upon reflection, then that is a real sign that you might have some suppressed emotions. Another big old sign that we're not doing emotional processing in a healthy way is burnout, right? That burnout cycle that I mentioned earlier. We can choose to approach life differently, right? We can choose to feel our feelings even when they are uncomfortable. And I truly believe that this is one of the bravest things that we can do. And it is so important for our mental health and for our physical health as well. And I'm really not exaggerating when I say that learning how to process uncomfortable, uncomfortable emotions is absolutely 
essential as part of our journey as change makers. If we want to live up to our full potential, if we want to create lasting change and really sustain ourselves in a healthy way over a lifetime of advocacy, over a lifetime of activism, then we've really got to learn how to do this. <laughs> we need to be masters of the art of feeling uncomfortable. <laughs> All right. So what it boils down to is knowing that you can go into these feelings and come out on the other side okay. And for me, this has built so much trust, so much self-trust and confidence. It's important that we do this because like, we want to live in reality, right? Negative emotions are normal and healthy. They are part of the full human experience. And I don't know about you, but I want to experience this life to the fullest. I really like the concept or like the thought of 50-50, where we spend 50% of the time, you know, feeling great in those happy, lovey, great feeling emotions, and 50% of the time in the quote unquote negative, bad, uncomfortable types of emotions, right? And so if you're trying to like raise your vibe so that you don't feel uncomfortable or bad any time at any part of your life, then you're missing out on like this full range of the human experience. And of course, sometimes in our life, it's not 50-50. Sometimes we feel those bad, negative, uncomfortable emotions very, very often, um, more than 50% of the time. And there's absolutely things that we can do to bring our life to balance. But no matter how how much we've optimized our lives and, and how much we've worked on ourselves, we're still going to have those quote-unquote negative emotions. So again, no emotion is bad. Fear, anger, jealousy, envy, shame, joy, sadness, grief, and all of the other emotions, right? None of these are bad. Emotions are innate. Often they are automatic and they are incredibly important for our survival. They are often these, um, these uncomfortable emotions are often your growth edge, these are areas of our lives where we, be, where we are being called to grow. And so I like to view them as opportunities for growth and opportunities to learn about ourselves and to build resilience. So let's talk for just a moment about exactly like what is an emotion? So many of us are taught that emotions are a single state or event that we can pinpoint, but I think that's a really unhelpful view and it's just absolutely incorrect <laughs> scientifically. They're actually a process that our body goes through. So modern biologists are still trying to identify exactly what emotions are. However, we do know that an emotion is an activation of the brain and the nervous system in response to an experience or a circumstance or what we might call a stimulus. And according to Ayurveda, emotions are a reaction and a food for the mind, right? Emotions are that those nutrients, or like I mentioned before, um, those nutrients, that food that then leads to understanding, right? And so I 
posted a blog post earlier this year called How to Process Your Emotions. And I went really deep into like, why emotions are crucial for our survival, why we evolved to have this bigger range of emotions, positive and negative, and biologically speaking, what's going on in our body as we're experiencing emotions. So I won't go into that here, um, but I will link to that blog post in the show notes. I'll be sure to do that. But basically, again, emotions are a process, and this is not just mental not just a mental process, but a physical process that includes our whole body, our mind, yes, but also our hormones, our nervous system, right? Emotions are a full body experience. And like, I did not know that when I was younger. I didn't know that until I really started allowing myself to fully feel my emotions and until I really got back in touch with my body. There's a great book called Burnout by Emily and Amelia Nagowski, and they talk about emotions as if they are tunnels. And we often don't allow our bodies to go through the entire tunnel, but we get stuck in the middle of the tunnel. (laughs) And I thought that that was a really great visual. I like to think of emotions more as a wave. If you know me personally, you know that I really love to surf. I really love spending time in the ocean. So I often have like wave analogies or surf analogies or ocean analogies. So, you know, get used to that. (laughs) But yeah, so emotions are a wave. What do I mean by that? The beginning is the stimulus, right? That circumstance or event in our life or maybe something that somebody says that elicits a response, right? So we have the stimulus, then the emotion rises. Then at the top of that wave, there's, if you just picture a wave in your mind and you know the, the wave begins to rise and then the wave breaks. And what I mean when I say break is like that point at which the wave starts to kind of curl over on itself. And so the white frothy like bubbles, right? The white part is the break. The wave starts to break. And then oftentimes, or all the time, (laughs) the wave breaks and then it begins to fall. And so our emotion falls. So we have stimulus, emotion rising, the breaking or like that that point of movement, the, the emotion falls. And as humans, we come back to a safe and social, um, more resting place, right? And so if you imagine at the top of that wave, we have high activation. Our nervous system is on alert, like we are feeling our feeling. And then at the bottom of that wave, once the emotion has fell, you're back now at the, the nice, smooth, more calm ocean, and our nervous system is back in a less activated state, right? We're in more of a rest state. And so the problem is not the wave, right? The problem is not the wave breaking. The problem occurs when we're not able to complete that full process or like that burnout book mentioned earlier. The problem happens when we are stuck in the tunnel, right? The emotions get stuck. And so the waves build up, right? (laughs) Maybe you've seen, you know, pictures of like the levees or a, um, or earthworks. 
in areas where there's a hurricane, you know, and the waves are just breaking, breaking, breaking against the levee or against the dam or against the earthworks. And they build up, build up, break, break, break up against the earth and the waves are, are going crazy and spraying their spray up into the air. And eventually, oftentimes, those levees break, right? The levee breaks and the floodwaters enter the town in my little metaphor that I'm painting for you. Or <laughs> from an emotional perspective within us, right? We are suppressing our emotions, suppressing our emotions, and then the dam breaks and we're like, ah, and the emotion comes out at a really inopportune or maybe inappropriate time, right? So I want to share with you a process to process your emotions, right? To respect the wave, lean into the wave, if you will. And then I'm going to share, I'm going to dive into like a couple of these pieces a bit more, and then we'll wrap up this episode. Okay. So how to process your emotions. So first we just want to bring a lot of awareness to the wave. When something happens, when we have a stimulus, we observe and feel the emotion as it rises. And then we allow our body to respond to the emotion through movement. And this is something that is often missing. Next, we observe and feel the emotion as it falls. And just again, really bringing the awareness in, notice any shifts in your physical state as that emotion falls or as it's released. And I'll talk a bit more about that in a moment. And then lastly, we want to cultivate a sense of felt safety. So again, observe and feel the emotion as it rises, allow our body to respond, observe and feel the emotion as it falls, note any shifts in your physical state, and then cultivate a sense of felt safety. So let's dive into like a couple of those pieces because I think that sometimes they're, um, like we're just not familiar with this, right? We just, we just aren't familiar with <laughs> really respecting and being aware of our emotions. So let's go into each of these steps in a bit more detail because we often get stuck in one of two places. So the first being the movement piece, right? Allowing our bodies to respond through movement. And second, we get stuck at kind of like at the end, like when we're really trying to like wrap up and fully release the emotion because we don't get into that sense of felt safety. So with a movement, oftentimes we cannot move the way our body wants to move in order to process the emotion. And when I say process the emotion here, what I'm referring to is like actually process the hormones that the emotion is being driven by, right? So for example, stress, let's say, is often an emotion that we experience. Um, maybe your boss like calls you in and is like telling you that you made a mistake and it's, it's um, you know, you're, you're feeling attacked and you're feeling like really stressed out, right? You have a, a really <laughs> stressed out response to that stressor of being told off by your boss, okay? And it is not okay or acceptable to like punch your boss in the face or to like turn and just like run out of the room because you don't wanna be there, right? 
But in order to process the stress hormones that are pulsing through your body in response to this stimulus, you do need to move. Like, like that's how our body processes those hormones by movement, through movement. And so if you're not able to do it in the moment, that's okay. You can actually come back to the experience later. So later in the day, you can come back to that experience and then move however your body wants to move, right? And so typically it just takes one to three minutes for an emotion to swell, fall, and then come to completion. But if you're new to this type of work, it might take a bit longer for you to really feel a shift. One thing that I like to do to kind of like help my body with this movement piece is to put on some music. (laughs) So oftentimes, like I, when I know I need to do some emotional processing, you know, I'll I'll sit down, I'll bring the, the situation that's causing the emotion or, Um, you know, maybe it's like, again, what your boss said to you at work that day or something, you know, I'll sit down, allow myself to just get quiet for a moment. Um, so in just in doing this and thinking about this, I put a hand on my heart because oftentimes I will feel emotions kind of like in, in my hand or, or sorry, in my heart or in my gut. And so I'll, I'll allow myself to really like go into the situation, really think about it, really confront it head on, um, not sugarcoat whatever the situation is, and then feel that feeling in my body, right? So whatever feeling that the situation is eliciting in my body, I allow myself to really go into that. And I find it like oftentimes I will be able to really find a spot in my body where this emotion is kind of like activated or or where it's sitting. So I find that that spot in my body and I just bring my awareness there and I just allow it to be there. I don't try and do anything to it. (laughs) I just allow it to be there. And if my body wants to create some sort of movement, so oftentimes I find that if I'm feeling angry or stressed or anxious, my body will really want to move. There are other feelings that um, stillness feels a lot better, but whatever your body wants to do, allow your body to move or to do it. So sometimes what I'll do is if I know I need to process some anger, for example, I'll put on a song that is like angry, like an angry song. Um, Or if I need to process sadness, I'll put on a sad song and a song that just really, yeah, really gets at the emotion that I'm going for. And then I'll dance however my body wants to dance. There's nobody looking. I can do whatever I want. So I will dance or I will shake and I'll just allow my body to move. And then it's really important to, like I said, allow your body to do that movement and stick with it until you feel a release. And it's cool. Like, Again, at first, like when you're first starting to do this, you might not notice the release or the release just might not come, even though you've been like angry dancing for five minutes, you know, (laughs) but once you kind of get more experience with this and um, get to know your body's signs a bit better, there are really common signs that our body gives us to show us that we've completed the emotional arc. And so these are signs or things that our body does when our nervous system is going from that more activated emotional state into a more restful state. So these signs are yawning. That's a big one for me. 
I, I almost always like feel a big yawn coming on whenever I'm getting to that. Okay. I just yawned just thinking about yawning. That's funny. Um, but yeah, that's a big one for me. That really shows a shift for me. Usually yawning, a deep exhale, your eyes watering, or maybe even a few tears, a shiver or some sort of tremor in your body, a shift in mood or a feeling of emptiness and space. So these are all signs that your body has completed that emotional arc. And then once that happens, it's really important <laughs> that we also cultivate that feeling of felt safety in order to really fully release our emotion and complete that wave. It's crucial that we signal to our bodies that we are safe. And so in nature, and I dive into this a bit into that, um, that blog post that I mentioned, so I won't go into it um, in depth here. If you want to learn more, please read that. Um, but yeah, so in nature, for example, like say a tiger, like starts to chase after the gazelle, let's say, and the gazelle is of course, feeling a lot of emotions, it's feeling a lot of fear, it's feeling stress, right? So the, the gazelle like runs, it does its movement, and then it gets away from the cheetah in this particular um, example. Gets away from the cheetah, and then it goes back to the herd, right? It goes back to the herd, and it has that moment of socialization to relax. And so for us, if we just tell ourselves, like, I'm okay, or I am safe, or I'm happy now, or I've processed this emotion. That oftentimes like doesn't really work, right? We actually have to feel it to believe it and know it. And so that like feeling of safety is what uh, Chris Muse, one of my um, one of my mentors, she calls this like embodied sense of calm, felt safety, and I really like that that word because it goes beyond just the mental like like knowing that you're safe and really like into the feeling <laughs> that you're safe. And so there's a couple different ways that we can do this. So basically we want to give our brain and our body information about our surroundings that we are in a safe space. And so you can do this through a five senses meditation. Um, there's actually, so there's a five sense meditation that I like recorded ages ago and it's up on my um, YouTube channel. I don't really publish videos up there anymore, but I, I do have some old ones and so I'll link to that. But basically you just sit and meditate on each of your five senses. So going through each of your five senses and you ask yourself like, what can I see? Take note of what you see. What can I like touch and feel? What can I smell? What can I taste? What can I hear? Going through each of those. And that's a great way to give your brain information about your surroundings and orient yourself to the fact that you are safe and that you can relax and your nervous system can relax. Also, I mentioned that social piece, right? So we can really co-regulate ourselves by connecting socially. And so we can complete that arc and help ourselves really to get that felt sense of safety by just some small talk, right? Small talk with a coworker, right? Maybe after you went out of that meeting <laughs> with your boss, like some small talk with a coworker or telling a friend the story of like the thing that happened to you that made you feel really emotional. You oftentimes will feel a sense of relief just after chatting, right? 
And even better, a hug. Like a hug is such a great way to co-regulate and help ourselves to feel safe. So basically we want to cultivate awareness of the emotion. We wanna allow our bodies to move through the emotion, right? To move through that full wave and then cultivate a sense of felt safety so that we complete that emotional wave. And so it's really cool. So that's like for stuff that's happening kind of now, more in the moment, but also for like old stuck emotions or like our old emotional baggage. Scientific research has shown that by visualizing those past situations and letting ourselves like really feel it again, we can reactivate those emotions and finish moving through it. Like how cool is that? So cool. (laughs) There's a great old adage. I don't know who this quote is attributed to, um, or maybe it doesn't have a source. But anyway, it goes, where attention goes, energy flows, right? And it gets even better. So research has also shown that we don't actually need to know where our stuck emotion comes from, like where it originated in order to process them. So for example, sometimes when I'm like doing yoga or a meditation, emotions will come up, just unexplained emotions and sensations arise as if from nowhere. (laughs) And all of a sudden I'm like in tears or I can't stop smiling. So by regularly doing movement, right? Doing yoga or running or going on a walk or kickboxing or whatever. Ooh, yeah, kickboxing. Oh my gosh, okay. When I need to process some some anger and some stress, I love a good kickbox session. Anyway, I digress. Um, So sometimes we can do that movement first and kind of bring our attention as we're moving to different parts of the body. And those emotions, those old stuck emotions will spontaneously release, even if we don't know where like they originally came from. So that's awesome. And Ayurveda also speaks to this, how we can like activate crystallized emotions by bringing our awareness to different parts of our body. All right, so just to recap, how to process emotions in a nutshell. (laughs) We have first our stimulus, of course. We observe and feel the emotion as it rises. We allow the emotion to crest and allow our body to respond through movement. Then we observe the emotion as it falls. We notice any shifts in our physical state or signs from our body that we've completed that emotional wave. And then we cultivate a sense of felt safety. So guys, this takes practice. This did not come naturally to me originally but eventually it will become second nature. And even if like me, you've been doing this for this emotional processing work for for like years and years, there will still be times that you have resistance and, and emotions that you don't want to go into, that you don't want to feel. And you will still at times, you know, need to go through this process a bit more consciously, right? Again, it is just so important that we, as activists and advocates, practice processing these emotions in order to take care of our own mental health, right? And our physical health. Because, I don't know, I always say this, but I'm going to say it again. The more you care, the more you need self-care. And we could also say, the more you care, the more you need emotional processing (laughs) to really master the art of feeling uncomfortable so that you don't burn out. And by fully experiencing our emotions and processing them, we can live life to the fullest and therefore 
make our biggest, most beautiful, positive contribution to the world without harming our health in the process. So guys, I hope that this was super duper helpful for you. Please let me know. I'd love to know your experience with working with the art of feeling uncomfortable. You can message me at, or send me an email at hello at the Eva Peterson. Com. And guys, if you're enjoying the podcast so far, this is episode nine. Amazing. Um, please subscribe. Please subscribe to the podcast. Tell your friends and get the word out so that more and more people can um, get these healing resources. All right. With that, I will sign off. Ciao. If you enjoyed this episode, I want to invite you to subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss an episode. And if you desire more support on your changemaker journey, please check out my free guide, Self-Care for Changemakers. You can find the guide and other goodies on my website at happymehappyearth.com. It's an honor to be in your ears. Thank you so much for listening.